We're in, uh, we started a, a, uh, uh, a series last week. Uh, it was simply called Scrabble. And uh, coming from this aspect that sometimes in life, you know, we all want to win in life. That's, it's, it's core to us. We want to win in life. We're hardwired to say we, we, we need to win. But sometimes life is kind of like Scrabble. And you look at what you've got in your hand and you're like, seriously? I'm supposed to win with this? This is what? This is what I'm supposed to win with? This is what I'm supposed to, <clears throat> to, to make this incredible scoring opportunity happen with? Uh, God, I think sometimes I've been dealt a rough hand. I'm not, how can I, how can I make this happen? And so this week, we're looking at it from a little bit different perspective. Since it's Mother's Day, a lot of times since we're connected, we're part of a body of Christ. Sometimes where some of our struggles and some of our our doubts and some of those kind of things can begin to creep in. And sometimes when we look at our loved ones and we look at what's in their hand and go, God, seriously, they're, they're supposed to win with that? They're supposed to win with that? Sometimes that comes in and we simply call that, that connecting, we simply call that empathy. And so today we're going to be looking at that. Go ahead and crack your notes open if you've got version. It's, they're right there on our, on our version notes. And uh, you were, had them on your way in. So let's just go ahead. And I wrote, sometimes the lives of our loved ones look like a confusing rack of scrabble tiles. And our hearts go out of them and we think, how are they ever supposed to win with this? And empathy is that place where, <clears throat> where we are uh, feeling what somebody else feels on this heart level. See, Romans twelve fifteen it tells us we're supposed to, this is a good thing. We're supposed to rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn. We're supposed to care. When somebody comes and gives you good news, you ought to care that things are clicking along in their life. If somebody's having a struggle, you ought to care. That's part of one of the things, the, the beauties of Mondays, is all those cards that just got picked up that y'all wrote your prayer requests and you wrote your praise reports. We love rejoicing with those who rejoice. When, when there's a win, we love finding it out and rejoicing with those. And the prayer team enjoys that. And then the, the prayer requests, those are the struggles. Those are the mournful places. Those are the places where we're crying out to God to intervene. And we care about those places too. That's just the way we are. But sometimes other people's stuff, the stuff that's happening in other people's lives can sometimes become so weighty, it feels like it's, gonna, it's actually going to burden us down. And some that, that, honestly, I think that battle this on a little bit different level than, um, than most are moms. Because, see, moms are hardwired for empathy. They're hardwired for it. But the, just the truth of the matter, my, my wife senses what my kids are feeling and going through before I do. Way before I do. <laughs> hey, you don't got to be that amen and on it. Um, but it's true, and I have to really, I have to really weigh her. She's like, okay, well, this is frustrating Brooklyn, or, or Keenan is thinking this, or Weston's dealing with this, and I, sometimes I just have to take her word for it because I know she is, she's hardwired for empathy, and I'm, I'm not as much. It's not that I'm not empathetic at all. It's just as a mom, she's hardwired for it. And so today we're going to look and, <clears throat> at the power and the pain of this heart level connection through the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Because I tell you what, sometimes people begin to pull out and begin to pull out of relationships because it is too painful to deal 
Sometimes with other people's stuff. You're like, man, this is just, it's just too much. I don't want to know the story anymore. Don't give me any more details. I don't want another text message from that person because what they're going through is just too weighty. And if we don't understand and learn how to deal with this empathy thing, what we will do is we'll begin to sever relationships. We'll begin to cut off. Things will begin to build up. And we've heard it before. Well, I can't be friends with that person. They just got too much drama in their life. Wait a second. That, it's their drama. Yes, you ought to care. But we ought to be engaged. It shouldn't make us something that should disconnect us from people as believers and having the heart of God for somebody. And that, that ought to make us engage with them on a whole other level. But I'm telling you, it can be, it can be a challenge. See Psalms 103. This talks about this thing. Psalms 103 verse 13. And that God, being the ultimate parent, our Father, He understands this. Let's look at it in the message translation. As parents feel for their children, God feels for those who fear him. He knows us inside and out, and he keeps in mind of what we're made of. As we're moving forward with this, I tell you, this is one of the great places of comfort for me. Whenever I begin to hit my head on the wall with something, or I begin to feel overwhelmed, or I begin to, to feel a, a lot more ungodly than godly that guess what that god understands what i'm made of he knows my struggles he knows me inside and out and god is he's empathetic towards us that's why he sent jesus he he's under he understands he struggled with the same things bible says that jesus was tempted in all ways in all ways but remained sinless not so that he could hold it over us and say I faced it, I, I, I whooped it, I handled it, what's the matter with you? It's not from that, it's that, he, we, that we would have a God who knew what we were going through. If we, Honestly folks, if we could handle it without him, there would have been no reason for Jesus to go to the cross. There wouldn't have been. If we could do this, if we could do this, if we could deal with our own struggles without him, God would not have sacrificed his one and only son. He wouldn't have done it. He would not have done it. But because we are completely dependent on the grace and the power of God to be able to connect with God on the way we were wired for and built for, Jesus had to come and to liberate us from that. And it's because he understands where we are. God understands where you are. If you're in a place and you showed up and it took everything you had to just walk into church one more time and you've got all sorts of doubts and, and struggles and even anger, God understands He's not going, I can't believe him. Look at all I've done for him. He understands. He's coaxing you. He's pulling you in. He's drawing you in. The, <clears throat> the NIV reads it this way. It says, for he knows how we're formed and he remembers that we are dust. He remembers that we're dust. Another translation says, remember that we're butt dust. I want to tell you what, there are times I feel like butt dust. I like that translation better. There are times my wife reminds me, Brandon, you're butt dust. You're right, dear. There's scripture to back it up. And so, but God remembers. He knows sometimes we're, we're, we're not representing too well. And that we have this God who is empathetic towards us. But that thing, even that power, that being able to connect on that level for us as, as humans. And honestly, you know what? The pain God goes through. It is empathy pain. 
There, God's heart goes out. And we see over and over again that, he, that God's heart and Jesus wept on people's behalf. That God's heart went out to people. See, this heart level connection sees the potential in others and personally treasures it. If we're not here, we'll disconnect it. But a real heart level connection, it sees the potential and personally treasures it. Let's look at Luke 1. It says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. This She just gets it. She connects. Here's the, her child that she's going to, going to have grow in her womb and give birth to. It's going to be... This, this king whose uh, kingdom never ends. Then we see in the next chapter, it says, and when they had seen him, the, the people had seen Jesus. They spread the word concerning what had been told about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured them. Everything that Jesus hadn't done anything yet. At this point, all Jesus had done had brought shame and pain into her life. Hardly anybody even remotely believed that she had um, conceived as a virgin. You talk about the rumor wire. She loses out on her dream wedding. Because all of a sudden now she says yes to the Holy Spirit and is carrying the child of God. Her, her fiancé... That I tell you, a Jewish wedding back then, it was a week-long big deal. Jesus' first miracle, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, takes place at a wedding. And they parted so hard they ran out of wine, and Jesus made it by the gallons for it to keep going. Wine by the gallons for this party to keep rolling. And... And here she's dreamed of this all her life. She has this awesome man that she's going to marry. And all of a sudden, he then, they have to kind of get married quietly. The dream wedding, it's gone. That little girl dream is shattered. She's carrying this and all the talk and the rumors and whatnot. She goes and lives with somebody else who's carrying a miracle baby. Just so that, I believe, just so that the talk and all of that doesn't overwhelm her. She goes and lives with Elizabeth for a while. And so that they can mutually encourage each other. Both who embrace the promise of God can mutually encourage each other. You know what, folks? That's why you need to be around other believers. Other people who believe that God's for you and not against you. Because sometimes the world's going to nya 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 on you. And you need other people who've embraced the promise who are going to boost you up. You need it. We need it. We need it. It's, we're so desperately needed. But at this point, when Mary is treasuring all this... She gives birth in a barn, folks. Her baby's not lying in this wonderful thing. She gets laid in a manger. There's nothing, none of her dreams are coming true. And she sees the potential. In the middle of the drama, she sees the potential and she treasures it. Says, it's not going to end here. there's, There's hope. And she treasures it up. You and I, we have to do that for each other. When, the, when our friends and our loved ones are going through the pain, we need to remember the promises and treasure them up and, re, and remind each other it's not going to end here. There is a glorious end. We're pushing forward to that. Don't stop. You heard the old uh, country song, when you're going through hell, keep on going. 
move it. Don't, don't stop there. That's part of what this thing, this empathy thing, was we connect. And maybe you're not going through it, but personally, but because of this, this spiritual thing called, that we call empathy, we're able to really connect with somebody else's pain and link arms with them and help them walk through it. It is oh so vital. And here we go in a few verses later in Luke chapter 2. It says, the child's father and mother, both of them, this is Joseph and Mary, are both there, marveled at what was said about him, Jesus. This is at, this is at his, uh, at his uh, presentation there in the temple. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. They're both there, Joseph. And Simeon, this, this prophet guy, turns and looks Mary right in the face. And he says, and he singles her out, and he speaks to Mary. He says, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and will be a sign that will be spoken against. Who wants to hear that as a young mom? People are going to speak against your baby. I tell you what, you want to make this lady come unglued, you talk bad about her babies. You talk, we want to talk about get any mama to come unglued. You talk bad about their babies. I'm telling you. It's going to be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. What Jesus is going to go through, what your son is going to go through because of that empathetic connection, it's going to pierce you too. It's going to hurt to the bone. It's going to hurt her. You're going to pierce her. You're going to her, her soul, her mind, her will, her emotions. And she is being prophetically warned. This, this, this is going to be hard. What Jesus is going to go through is going to be hard on you because of empathy. And she still embraces it. She still says, I know I love to watch her all the way through the life of Jesus. Because see, this heart level connection, it first and foremost... It first and foremost wants to do no harm. My goodness, we we were getting, uh, you know, had Colin coming on the the scene, and and uh, of course we were so so excited. And uh, um, uh, the closer we got, well, then we had to we had to get all of this stuff. And uh, Lauren and Katie and some of those that were watching watching us said, "Man, it's, it's like it's like if they've never had a kid before." And uh, it had been a little while since we had had a baby. And so we're initially, what are we doing? What are we doing, man? We're just spending all this money and buying the baby bed and the little the bumper pads and the right kind of mattress that's going to be the right kind of firmness and the car seats and the swing and all the different stuff and getting them the right kind of bottles, the right kind of all this stuff. Why? Because you want to do no harm. Here's this, this child. And the first thing you think of, Lord, I, I, I just don't want to hurt it. I don't want to hurt it. I, I don't want to inflict any, any harm or any, or any pain on, on this little one. And our, our hearts just over, overwhelm. And you know what? And some of, folks, some of our deepest pain comes from whenever we feel responsible for the hurt, hurting those we care about. And I tell you what, there are times I've visited with moms and that this, this place in their hearts where they feel like that they have done something that has hurt one of their babies, a decision that they've made or, or, <clears throat> or something that is done. I'm telling you, it just is over, overwhelming. 
If you're sitting, if you're a mom here today and you're, and you're going through that, I wanted to tell you right now, it's time to just to, to let that go and give that to God. That will, that will stymie your relationship with God and everybody else if you don't allow forgiveness to come in there. I'm telling you, you just got, you have to let it go. You have to let it go. We have to be able to get in this place. And Mary, Mary faced it. Mary faced it. She dealt with that place. Let's look in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 says, When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many heard him were amazed and said, Where did this man get these, this teaching? And they asked, So they're amazed. They're blown away. Where does this man get this teaching? So here it is, Mary. She's watching all this go down. Here it is. It's all coming. She, she plowed through. All this stuff is going on. People are, he's teaching and he's just wowing people and people are embracing it. It's changing people's lives and they're just being amazed. And now they're wondering, where did this come from? Where did this teaching come from? And they ask, what's the wisdom that has been given to him? That even he does miracles. They're not saying that he was a charlatan and tricking everybody. No, they're giving him the deal. He's doing miracles. His teaching's amazing. He's doing miracles. All of these different things. Isn't this a the carpenter? Wow, things start to begin to unravel a little bit. He's amazing. He's doing miracles. But he's just a carpenter. That's uh, kind of a ding against him. And then this one. This one had to just hurt Mary to the bone. Isn't this Mary's son? This can't be God. It's Mary's boy. Just regular old Mary. Here, this amazing, incredible teaching and miracles are there. She's excited. She's pushed it. And then she's hearing the murmur of the crowd. People are beginning to discount the gift and the anointing on his life because of her. Yeah, maybe somebody else, not Mary. Mary's his mama. Must not be, this can't really be anything special. It's just Mary's boy. All of a sudden, here she is, and she just, it just had to be overwhelming to her to hear that kind of thing. Instead of this, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the way we look at her, they were going, Jesus, son of Mary. Nothing special. She had to push through that. She had to not take offense at that. She had to understand that these, what was going on in these people, it was a spiritual battle. And they were rejecting the Son of God based on His teaching and on the miracles and all those different things. It really wasn't about her. But I tell you what, it didn't make the pain any less. She had to push through it. This place where she didn't want to do any harm. She felt like she had harmed Him. Here it is. And then we, this verse ends. Says, isn't his brother James and John and Judas and Simon aren't his sisters here with us? They bring the whole family into it. We know all those. We know those people. And it ends with they took offense at him. They go from amazed to offended. That he's an amazing miracle worker to now he's offended because they just walked through who his family is, who his mama is. She has to push through that. In this empathy thing, sometimes we're going to feel like maybe we're doing more harm than good. 
But we can't punch out. We've all watched the movies where the guy and the, the, the girl are in love and, and maybe he's had some baggage or some stuff in life and finally he has the breakup moment says says, I'm just no good for you. I'm just no good for you. I'm tired of causing you pain and I'm going to punch out. I'm going to sever the relationship. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Well, what needs to happen is there needs to be a turnaround. There needs to be a, be a blessing. And we, we're wired for that too. You see, this, this heart level connection, it believes the best of others and it draws it out. It believes the best. I love this in John chapter 2. I love the way Mary handles Jesus here. This is Jesus' very first miracle. It says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. So Jesus, Jesus went to the party. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. So she understood that he could do something about it. He's a guest. He's not on the, you know, the team that hosts it. He's a guest. She sees they're out of wine. Maybe she went to go get another cup. She was, there wasn't any. So she's like, hey, there's, there's no more wine. You need to do something about this. And, <clears throat> and he replies to her, dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. He's not just being a punk to her. Dear woman, why are you involving me? It's not, it's not my thing. Why, why are you messing with me? Why are you bringing this to me? That's not what he was doing. He was just telling her. He was just telling her. My time's not come. You're, you're asking me to do stuff out, a little bit out of step. And I love the way Mary does not even respond to that from Jesus. She doesn't even respond to it. And Mary says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> she knows her boy's going to take care of business. Mama spoke. The truth is, honor your father and mother. He was going to do it. He was going to do it. He wasn't going to, he wasn't going to violate that because of the other. And, that, and her understanding, his gifting, understanding who he was and she she actually drew out her belief in her miracle working godson drew out his first miracle and she tells him do whatever he says and then he's like all right go get the those big old stone pots fill them up and the party kept going the wine flowed then we see in matthew Chapter 12, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd. So we, we see here that Jesus honored his mama. We see here that he honored his mom. Remember, what we just saw that with that first miracle. Now let's look at this. Matthew 12. This is one of those head-scratcher things sometimes if you read it wrong. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. So here's Mary. She's wanting to speak to him. Someone told him. Now, this is while he was still speaking. Right up until this, it's all red. If you look at it in your Bible, he is just rolling. He's just teaching. And all of a sudden, somebody comes in. He's up here. It's like somebody was to just walk up in here in the middle of me teaching all y'all. And go, hey, your mom wants to talk to you. I'm just supposed to quit. Go over and talk to mom. They did that because they, it was a big deal. His mom was there. She wanted to talk to him. 
she was level of interrupt Jesus teaching. He is writing scripture as it is, it is turning red. He is writing scripture as he's talking. And mama wants to talk to him. So somebody comes up and pulls on his show and says, guess what? Your mama wants to talk to you. They interrupted him. And <clears throat> says, your mother and brother, they're standing outside, want to speak to you. And he replied to him. Now, this looks like Jesus being a punk. Jesus was not a punk. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? That sounds like he's downplaying it. Like he's going, I'm, t- I'm teaching. Who are they anyways? I'm Jesus. You, don't, you read it wrong, that's what it's going to look like. That's not what's happening here. He says, who is my, my mother and who are my brothers? Right there in this teaching thing. Right here in this thing where, he, where there's this crowd, where they're watching him and somebody so important came up and stopped the writing of Scripture, stopped all of that, got Jesus' attention, and everybody knows his mom was wanting to talk to him. So he t- says, who are? Who's my mother and brothers? Who are my mother and brothers? And pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, it sounds like if you read it wrong, that he, he downplays mom, gives mom the stiff arm, and says, These are my real people right here. No, no. Everybody understood the level his mama had. He didn't downgrade mom. He upgraded all of us who would say yes to the will of God. He said, you know what? You, you, you say yes to the will of God. You, you love me. You follow me. Guess what? You can interrupt me anytime. Those are the people I'll talk to. Those are people I'm going to interact with. So, so many times people think, well, I'm not going to pray about this because, you know what? Um, because God's just got so much going on. There's so much more in the world and um, my little problems. Guess what? You can you can interrupt him. He has elevated us to that level. Whatever's going on in the world, you can say, hey, guess what, God? I want to talk to you. And he has just opened his heart to you. Mary understood, Mary understood this. She didn't take offense at it. We don't, she, doesn't get, she doesn't get upset about it or any of those things. <clears throat> if we, when we read it, it's one of those things we could see. Oh, man, God was just, Jesus was not good to Mary. Because see, empathy keeps us connected to others. Even when everyone else walks out and sees things, and empathy sees things through to the glorious end. Let's look at John 19. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, and the wife of Cleopas, who is the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. Three Marys, a lot of Marys. And so all of them are hanging out there near the cross of Jesus. Now, if you remember the story, everybody else is bailed. Jesus says his disciples have all denied him. Everybody else is gone by the time he makes it here. And here is mom. Here's mom. And I tell you what, you talk about that thing that was prophesied to her, that her soul was going to be pierced. As he is hung on that tree, she's so wishing... She could do something about it. And there she is. There she is, even in that moment. She didn't bail. She stays with Jesus. That she was hurting, but she does not quit. 
She stays with him through the end. And then here we are. This is the last place we see Mary. This is the last place we, the New Testament talks about her. And <clears throat> Acts chapter 1 verse 14 says, They all join together constantly in prayer. This is after the resurrection, after the <clears throat> place of ascension that takes place a few verses later. And there she is. She is a, now she is an early church leader. She is in the middle of it. And they all join together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. There she is. As he has come, he has prophesied about, he goes through all of the ups and downs. She stays, she stays, she stays. She has a support. She's helping him, Jesus, get to his destiny. She is, she is doing all that she can. And there it is. Where all of us get our beginnings, the early church. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus, right there in the middle of it. She never quit. She never punched out. She never stopped. I tell you what, there are time and time and time again, whether maybe it was the way Jesus treated her, whether maybe it was the way other people treated Jesus because of her, maybe it was because the society, there was over and over and over again, she looked at her hand of scrabble tiles and said, Seriously, God, what are we doing here? And she, but she stayed with it and saw God bring the ultimate win. See, God wants us to trust him with the stuff that we don't understand so that he can work through us to make other li- people's lives become more than they ever imagined. When, when Mary said yes to God, to have Jesus, it, it, was, it was more than she ever dreamed. They never saw the entire world being impacted. They never saw you and I, Gentile people, thousands of years later being impacted. It was so much more than they could have ever imagined. But she said yes. She said yes. Folks, we have to be good at this. If we're going to get in the trenches and we're going to be a church that makes a difference in people's lives, we have to be good at empathy. We have to be good at getting in the middle of other people's pain and walking through it with them and seeing the glorious end. We have to. We have to. Otherwise, we're just a a group of people just singing some songs and having a good time, and that's it. But if if we're good at this, we'll see lives really transformed. We'll see people, the kingdom of God really advance. That's what this is about. But this morning, this morning it starts. That you've got, to, you've got to connect with that by first connecting with Jesus. <clears throat> like I t- said at the beginning of the service, this, this thing begins. It begins by us understanding we can't do this without him. We can't make another run at trying to fulfill the law. You're going to fail We've, over and over again. We simply need Jesus. And we recognize and say, you know what? You know what, God? I have fallen flat on my face over and over again. And I need a savior. And I believe that Jesus is him. His death covered my death and his life is now my life. And if you're willing to say yes to that and embrace to that, it's that easy. You step over from death to life. It's that easy. It's not join a church or jump through a bunch of hoops or all this kind of stuff. It's just believe on what he's done and make it your own. I want to give everybody an opportunity to do that this morning. And if whatever head bowed, let's create a, a quiet moment here. Let's just create the opportunity to do that very thing. To say yes to the grace that's yours. It's yours. You don't have to earn it. It's been given. It's yours. You just have to say yes to it. So if you're here this morning and you want to say yes, 
I want you to just lift your hand up. And we want to pray with you. We want to pray.